Please note that this podcast contains information regarding sensitive events, including domestic violence, assault, and abuse, as well as other triggering events such as murder. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. When Alice jumped down the rabbit hole, she immediately regretted her decision. A rabbit hole is a metaphor for something that transports someone into a troubling, surreal state or situation. Welcome to Afterglow, the unveiling of the Idaho cult. This podcast will take you down the deepest of rabbit holes as it unfolds. The story is so compelling, so bizarre, and so heinous, it's impossible to look the other way. Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow were dedicated in the most horrible way to an ideology that should only be fiction. Instead, their ideology put them behind bars. Join us as we explore the lives, lies, and diabolical crimes of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. I'm your host, Kathy Brooks. Please follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of Afterglow, Unveiling the Idaho Cult. Lori gets arrested. In this episode, we are going to go through February of 2020, from early February until Lori actually appears in court for the first time. There's a lot to cover in this podcast, so stick with me. If you've never joined me before, I highly recommend that you go back to at least the beginning of season two, preferably to the beginning of season one, and listen to every single episode, binge them, so that you know as much as you could possibly know about this case that's out in public right now. And thank you for all of you that are back please consider giving me a five-star rating and a review if you're so inclined. I do appreciate that. As you know, I'm a one-woman show, and this is entirely me putting this entire show together. And of course, there's some wonderful resources like Annie Cushing, AnnieLinux.com, East Idaho News with Nate Eaton and Justin Lum, Fox 10 Phoenix, and more. So the last episode, we left with Kay. Vallow Woodcock sitting at the press conference. Larry Woodcock could not make it. Obviously was very disappointed and not feeling well and just spent. And so she basically talked about the fact that Lori did not show up for court as ordered and what's going to happen next. In early February of 2020, Lori did have her church records transferred to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Hawaii. The kids' names were not included in the record, and Chad hadn't transferred his records to the new ward yet. Just prior to this, pictures were released online of Lori and Chad getting married, wearing white, dancing, kissing, and showing their malachite, Engagement rings in these pictures. Remember, Lori and Chad ordered Malachite engagement rings. These pictures show them happy and toasting champagne and lovey-dovey on the beach with their Hawaiian lays and just 
looking like they don't have a care in the world except for they're fabulously in love and just got married. Those pictures were released in early February. And those pictures were actually taken in November. So taken right after Tammy Daybell died. This article on East Idaho News goes to say that in February of 2020, Chad and Lori have been living on Hawaii while police in Idaho search for Lori's missing seven-year-old son, Joshua J.J. Vallow, and 17-year-old daughter, Tylee Ryan. They haven't been seen since September, and investigators believe Lori knows where they are or what happened to them. The couple has attended worship services at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Kauai for the past two weeks. So early February, they were going to church. Members tell East Idaho News they approached ward leaders and said media reports about them are false and one-sided. ABC News aired footage of them walking into a church. So they were not hiding in plain sight. They were actually just out and about in Hawaii, living life as if they just made this big move from the mainland to Hawaii and were going to live happily ever after without children, without a care in the world is what it seems like. Really crazily bizarre, right? Where are your children, Lori? I'm not talking to you is basically the bottom line that Lori was portraying to everyone and telling the church that what's being said is false and lies. On February 1st, 2020, Colby's mother-in-law, her name is Carrie O'Neill Benson. Her daughter is Kelsey, who's Colby's wife. Well, Carrie, the mother of Kelsey, she launched a GoFundMe to raise money for Colby and Kelsey. Um, did cite that this was due to financial burdens resulting from the family crisis. I find that particularly interesting because up until this point, Lori was actually Venmoing money to Colby left and right, literally left and right. If you go on Annie Lennox timeline, she has it all laid out there. But if not on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, Lori was sending Colby money. So clearly, all of a sudden, the S hit the fan and Colby and Kelsey were in dire straits for money at this point. So I'm going to read this exactly how it's written. There's a little grammatical errors and sentences and periods in the wrong place, but I will read it as best I can to you. Carrie O'Neill Benson is organizing this fundraiser on behalf of Kelsey Ryan. For clarification and validation, I'm Colby's mother-in-law, Kelsey's mom. This is a valid GoFundMe. If there was any other help available that would have been utilized, we are asking for help for these kids because they have been put into a horrific situation and need help getting out of it. This experience has been completely heartbreaking to watch Colby and Kelsey go through. As a mom, we have been right there with them going through it. They have received so much love from some people and horrific attacks from others. There are many reasons they have not been able to talk about things while fighting their own daily personal battles and how devastating this has been for them. Many kind-hearted people have asked if they have a GoFundMe set up, and because of some of the hate they have been getting for not being more public, law enforcement asked them to lay low. The last thing we wanted was more reason for hate. But if you can find it in your heart to try and understand where Colby and his family are coming from, then I want to thank you. And if you can't, then please keep your comments to yourself unless you have walked in their shoes. But that said, 
There are things they have been going through that most don't know about, and it's not something they are proud to put out there in the public. So we have held off, but they are at a breaking point and have decided with much prompting from those of us close to them to just tell it and do a GoFundMe. So here it is. They're newlyweds with a baby about to turn one. Colby has been their sole support because they have a child with medical needs. Colby's mom, Lori, has not spoken to him through any of this, and they can't even explain how bad things have gotten. To not know if his siblings are dead or hidden somewhere, the constant battle with trying to process emotions for the worst news possible and trying to stay hopeful at the same time, there is a special hell to try to walk out daily. Then to have your mom in zero contact with you and no way to talk to her. Hence, the YouTube videos we all hope will somehow reach her, maybe via the local news or something. These kids have lost their cars. One was taken by the police for evidence, and the other was in Lori and Charles' name, and the payments have not been made for months. Colby lost his job due to all of this, and his credit has been ruined, and they have been hounded and stalked by reporters on a daily basis. This has been like living a nightmare that won't go away. They need help, so please find it in your heart to help in some way. If you haven't been a part of their life, then you don't know what they are going through. But we have been walking this with them, and it's been very tough. They need help getting a vehicle so he can work. Colby has been concerned with trying to keep his family safe, and that has been a priority. But he's doing everything he can behind the scenes to help bring his siblings home. He has felt helpless through this whole ordeal, So maybe as a community, we can help these kids get through this and fight to find his siblings. There are a lot of ways to help, even if it's not with donations. They could use some groceries or diapers, etc. They can use prayer warriors and love and support. If you can help, please do. If not, financially, please help share and pray. And anything else you can do is greatly appreciated. At the top, it says that $19,652 was raised, and this uh, GoFundMe has long been closed. Thanks for joining us. While the country continues to wait and watch, hoping to find out what happened to two missing Rexburg kids and what will now happen to their mom, Lori Vallow, after she ignored a deadline to physically show her kids to authorities, their older brother is now speaking out on YouTube. Our Sheer Matsuzawa is in the KTVB newsroom with a look at what he had to say. Tammy, this is the second time we've heard from JJ and Tylee's older brother, Colby Ryan, via YouTube in the last few weeks. But it's the first time we're hearing from him since that deadline passed. I just feel like I feel ignored. I feel angry. I feel like I'm so confused and I'm still trying to just go on every single day. 23-year-old Colby Ryan speaking out on YouTube less than 24 hours after his mom, Lori Vallow, failed to physically bring his siblings, 17-year-old Tylee Ryan and 7-year-old J.J. Vallow, to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare or the Rexburg Police Department. Last night, I thought I would feel better by some type of answer. If anything, it just made everything worse. Tylee and J.J. have been missing since September. But earlier this week, police found their mom, Lori Vallow, and her new husband, Chad Daybell, in Hawaii. I feel like I've... Just lost everything in such a short amount of time. The only reason I'm doing this is because I feel like this is the only way I get to talk to you. On Thursday, JJ's grandmother told KTVB the couple was still in Hawaii. A judge must now decide what happens next and what charges Lori could potentially face. 
I want you to show them and step up and just do the right thing. And that's what I've been praying for. And that's all I want right now. That's all I want is to see the kids and for this situation to have some type of closure. In the nearly 13-minute YouTube video, Colby not only addressed his mom, but Lori's ex-husband, Charles Vallow, who was killed in July prior to the disappearance of JJ and Tylee. I didn't really get a chance to process that for a long time. I felt like it wasn't real. And um, obviously seeing, you know, you being gone physically, that was probably the hardest and worst thing ever. You did everything you could for me. You taught me a lot. He also had a message for his siblings. Tylee and JJ, um, if somehow you guys hear this, um, I love you guys so, so much. Whew, okay, hold on. I love you guys so, so much. I care about you guys so much. I miss you. Just the time that we've had to be away. I reached out to Rexburg Police today. They tell me they are, quote, moving forward with this case, but they couldn't tell me anything else because this is a sealed case that is protected under the Child Protection Act. Meantime, Kauai police tell me they're still standing by and waiting for direction from Rexburg Police. Tammy? Okay, thank you so much, Shira, for coming. Literally, everybody is like, okay, Lori was served in Hawaii. She didn't bring the kids home. Colby is truly desperately reaching out via YouTube that maybe she'll wake up, maybe Chad will wake up. At that time, Colby was only 23 years old and relied very heavily on Lori's help. You just can see that from those Venmo transactions. Now, what happened next is, well, it happened to me, although it does not get the credit. I do not get the credit for it at all. But in my research, I found that this went out to more than just me. I was sent an email. I call it the zombie email. Most people call it the infamous Reddit email. And it was also sent to the Chandler Police Department. Annie Cushion says it was only through this email in the FOIA docs that we found out that Melanie Gibb is the source of, informa of this information. However, that is not true. I said it on February 7th, 2020, that this was Melanie Gibb's info. I also spoke via email and phone to Melanie Gibb's friends who confirmed that they put these notes together and they were very flabbergasted how it got to me, and they heard me reading it on my YouTube channel. It got to me through somebody that was using an alias name. It was sent to me because they knew I was reporting on this case. They also sent it to the police, and they also sent it to Reddit. Okay, so here we go. Remember, these are notes collected by several people, put into one document, forwarded on, and then forwarded to me. It says the source is Melanie Gibb. They met technically September 23rd, 2018 through Jason Mao at Temple. Remember that date, September 23rd, 2019. Just remember September 23rd. Very significant. Very. Chad was told around that time by one of the three Nephites, Mathoni, that a special woman would come into his life. 
moving on to November of 2018. Together at this point at the Mesa Preparing a People Conference event. During that time, Chad and Lori are sealed to each other in Temple, where they traveled to another upper room and Moroni gave Lori to Chad. The Savior was there. Moroni and Chad have been married to Lori in many other probations, other lives. Lori is their favorite spouse. Lori has been on 21 planets and Chad 31. Once he was a Holy Ghost. Chad five times on this earth and Lori has been four. Chad makes portals in Lori's closet so she can visit him. At this time, Chad told Melanie, Melanie Gibb, he has no relationship or interest in Julie Rowe. We'll get back to Julie Rowe eventually too. He had also previously said he didn't want anything to do with Suzanne Freeman. Lori and Chad believe they are in charge of gathering the couples for the 144,000. They make charts of who the people are and who is sealed to who and how many probations they've had and who they have been in their past lives. This chart was on Chad's computer and in his email, so it is now public property. Side note, because they seized his property, that's why it's public property now. The 12 apostles are on this list. Tammy is on the list and was put down as being married to John the Beloved, who is also Enoch. Chad calls Lori and tells her that Charles is now Ned Snyder. Lori tells Charles he has become a zombie. His spirit has been hijacked by an evil spirit and his spirit is in limbo. He was hijacked again and became Garrett. Then he became Iplos. 10 to 20,000 zombies. She has some parentheses. I guess there's 10 to 20,000 zombies alive, around, in people. Now, just a side note. Yesterday in the trial, so I'm recording this on February 20, I'm recording this on April 25th, 2023. So on April 24th, 2023, in the trial, Lori legitimately finds out that Chad actually Googled Ned Schneider, Louisiana, and found a guy in Louisiana that was dead named Ned Schneider and told Lori that that was who was invading Charles's body. Uh, I think that was a light bulb moment for Lori. I don't know. But uh, dear Lori, (laughs) I am Chad and I was given revelation via Google. (laughs) I mean, you know, during this time, Lori is completely open to Charles, who she thinks she is. When she met Chad, she had already been translated in her mind and stopped wearing garments because they are meant to be a protection and she no longer needs it. Charles files for divorce and does business trips to Texas. Lori received a revelation that Charles will die in an accident on his way home from Texas. He doesn't die, and Lori is frustrated and tells Melanie she better leave her house. Now, Melanie, side note, Melanie Gibb was staying at Lori's house during that time, and when Charles didn't die, Lori apparently told Melanie she better go. So she calls Alex and has Alex come stay with her, which clearly points out that this was planned to kill Charles, in my opinion. That's some great circumstantial evidence there, right? Chad told Alex that he was the angel that had come and stopped Laman and Lamel from hurting Nephi, and that he is now Lori's protector. Alex believed all of this. Melanie believes he was her hitman and did all the killings. Again, side note, all the killings. So at this point, I'm getting this email 
February 6th. They had these conversations prior to February 6th, 2020. Melanie is flat out telling her friends that Alex did all the killings. So Melanie knew at that point that people were murdered. Charles had Lori committed to a mental facility and they tested her and she told them who she was. Translated, part of the 144,000. They let her go. We know about that. That was that whole interaction where Charles was desperately trying to get help for her. July 11th, 2019, Charles is killed. September 2019, Lori moves with the kids to Rexburg. Melanie is aware that Chad and Lori have taken trips together while both of them are still married to their spouses. They took a trip to visit multiple temples and receive revelation on who is part of the 144,000. They get up early in the morning to walk around BYUI track together, holding hands and kissing. Tammy has become suspicious. Chad tells Lori that Tammy has now become a zombie. Lori, meanwhile, is telling Melanie that she can't wait to have sex with Chad and how it's such an important part of who you are and everyone should be having it at least once a day. And once she was, and once she was with Chad, they would be having it three times a day. Chad and Lori told Melanie that Alex, Kate, and Tylee have now become zombies. So right there, Alex becomes a zombie. So that was after the phone call with Melanie, clearly, when Lori kind of got all butthurt. <laughs> I guess this is a nice way of putting it. Not so much a nice way. Um, because Alex had told Melanie, you don't want to know. So now Alex is, a deem- is deemed a zombie. Um, Kay clearly has probably been a zombie for a long time. And her own daughter, Tylee. Lori withdrew them from school, and this was the last anyone saw of them. October of 2019, Tammy dies. Chad calls Melanie and tells her not to answer the phone because the police would be calling her because he told them that the kids were with her. Melanie asked where the kids are, and he said they were with Kay. Later, police came to her house, and she told them what she knew. She started fearing for her life. She left the kids with her recently divorced husband and kid's father and went and stayed with David Warwick in Utah. David and her had been dating and are on Chad and Lori's chart. David becomes skeptical and wants out of it, sets her straight and has her give full report to police. She also records a conversation over the phone with Chad and Lori where she confronts them about their false beliefs, cheating on their spouses. Lori blows her off and quotes scriptures why Melanie is wrong. That was early January. November of 2019, Lori and Chad get married. Day after Thanksgiving, Melanie received an email from Lori full of beautiful pictures of their wedding on the beach. She didn't even know they got married at this point. December of 2019, Alex dies. The day after, this is my sidebar note, the day after... Tammy's body was exhumed. Remember that. Melanie says the kids are most likely dead. All were probably killed by Alex. He remembers that Lori and Chad were frustrated why Tammy had not died yet. Chad told Lori, it's not that easy to get someone's spirit out of her body. At any time, Lori and Chad could tell the number of zombies there were in any given state, usually around 20,000 nationally. They also said two of the apostles are zombies, Ballard and Renland. They also believe that SHTF, shit hits the fan, is this year, and they could just wait this out in Hawaii and then come back. So they're a little bit interesting here. 
S-H-I-T is going to hit the fan this year. So they're just going to wait in Hawaii. So apparently Hawaii is not going to be part of the apocalypse in their mind. Not part of the beginning of the tribulations. Is Hawaii truly heaven on earth? In yesterday's trial, April 24th, 2023, it also came out that there was a text between Chad and Lori where Chad tells her he's going to go see a movie. I believe it's something called Heaven on Earth or something like that. And Lori responds, you will love Kauai because that is exactly what Kauai is or some, I'm paraphrasing, that's what Kauai is like or something like that. So, you know, maybe that's what she really thought. Now there's a whole lot more, a whole bunch of emails that I have going back and forth with the women that did author these notes. And I will circle back to that because there's some really interesting information going back and forth as I reread them about a lot of stuff, what they were talking to Melanie Gibb about, what Melanie Gibb was doing at this time when all this was happening. But one thing that they did say to me is Melanie Gibb is still mad at me because I read this email on my channel. And after that, she went into hiding, went dark. And then her friend says, on the other hand, she says she's grateful because it's all out there now. And she knows that she will be part of this trial. So let's move on. We'll get back to when Lori gets arrested. We're right there in the timeline of February, 2020. So in the FOIA documents on February 11th, 2020, uh, the police did meet with Melanie Gibb for a second time. And the FOIA document says this on February 11th, 2020, I met with Melanie Gibb for a second interview. The interview was to clarify her visit to Rexburg, Idaho in August of 2019. Melanie said she flew to Rexburg from Phoenix on September 20th, 2019 for a preparing a people conference. Lori picked her up from the airport and they spent the weekend together. Melanie stayed at Lori's residence and her boyfriend, David Warwick, joined on 9-21-2019, September 21st, 2019. Melanie recalled seeing Alex, Chad, and Blank during her stay. Uh, Blank would be JJ. Melanie did not see, and I'm assuming this is redacted, Tylee Ryan. Um, She said that Tylee Ryan was attending school at BYU per Lori's statements. Melanie went over the details of her stay with me, the police officer, of importance. Melanie recalled Lori told her that JJ was possessed and had become a zombie. Lori pointed out JJ's hyper behavior and said we had become progressively difficult. Melanie believed JJ's behavior was normal for an, I'm assuming this redacted says autistic child, but did not dispute this with Lori. Melanie recalled seeing JJ the final day she was visiting Lori and did not remember anything abnormal. Melanie left with David on September 23rd, 2019, and they drove back to Utah where David lived. So in the meantime, Lori and Chad are just living it up in Hawaii. They went to Costco. Someone snapped a picture of them at Costco in February, I believe February 13th, 2020. Justin Lum did post a tweet that day. Lori and Chad citing witness at Costco in Lahui, Hawaii, says with no doubt they saw Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell shopping on Wednesday. Sources tell me they seemed relaxed as Lori's kids are nowhere to be found. I'm told many on the small island of Kauai aren't happy with the situation. 
On February 16th, 2020, Lori and Chad check out of the Kauai Beach Resort. Then they were spotted in the airport heading to the island of Maui. Lori Vallow, Daybell, and her husband, Chad Daybell, have been in Kauai now for the last couple of months. Now they've moved. That's right, but it's not back to Rexburg, where her two kids have been missing since September. CBS 2's Erica Lee joins us from the live desk with where Lori and Chad are now. Erica? Natalie and Brent, it's been five months since Tylee and her brother JJ vanished. Nate Eaton from East Idaho News spoke with Frank Montoya, a retired FBI agent who served in a variety of high-profile positions. And tonight, while arresting Chad and Lori Dayball may seem like an easy solution, it's not that simple. Take a listen. I've been looking at a lot of the stuff that's been published, and the bottom line is, what would be the crime? You know, the children are missing, but what does that mean, or are they? You know, if they're in the care and custody of a family member or of a friend or somewhere else, but they're still alive, you know, what are we looking at in terms of potential crimes to charge these people with? Maybe child endangerment. Beyond that, at this point, I'm not sure. Sources say Chad and Lori boarded a plane for Maui on Sunday. Now, we don't know how long they plan to stay or if they will even return to Kauai, but law enforcement says they know their exact location. At the live desk, Erica Lee, CBS 2 News. So Nate Eaton had posted the same day on the move. Multiple sources tell me Chad and Lori Daybell left Kauai today around 2 p.m. Hawaii time. Many passengers and airport workers recognized them, and they were apparently headed to Maui. Folks in Kauai are tired of having them on the island. In fact, a photo of this sign hanging near Walmart says, where are the children? I don't know if they had one-way tickets or plan to return, and what happens next is anyone's guess. By the way, if you see the daybells or have information about them, send me a message. You can remain anonymous and chat off the record if you wish. So according to all the court documents, Chad and Lori had been living on the island of Kauai since December 1st. And of course, they went to worship services at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as we said. I want to play a live a clip of a live stream that I had on February 9th, 2020. It was my very first live stream. There's a woman in the chat whose name is Jody. And she actually turned out to be April Raymond's mom. There's a long story that goes along with that and some background drama that has nothing to do with the Daybells, but did have a lot to do with my channel and with April Raymond, her mom, and another fake Melanie. We can get into that sometime. It's really irrelevant to this story, except for there's a lot of people and a lot of things that go on with creators and background. And it's just really weird that other stories sort of branch off of this. Very strange things have happened. But she's in my chat and I want to play that piece of the live stream that I put out there on February 9th, 2020. Um, And I want to play the clip of myself talking to the chat, my very first live stream ever, when she is in the chat talking about the fact that her daughter is at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that morning and sees Lori and Chad in church. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, They're sitting in church right now. Who? Lori and Chad are in church? Oh, I believe it. Yeah. What time is it there? 
one o'clock, one twenty-two. Your daughter is disgusted. Oh, so your daughter's in church there, Jody, in Hawaii right now. Oh my gosh! And they're there. I wish I was in Hawaii. I mean, really. So, oh, so her friends at church in Hawaii right now, and Lori and Chad are there. Do people talk to them? Yeah, she should. She should take it. My kids are really good with just being able to like, and all my, the younger kids, you know, you guys, some of you are much younger than me, but you can just do it. Like pretend you're taking a selfie and take, I was like, they're going to know I'm taking a picture of them, but uh, no shame. All smug. Wow. Wow. See, that's what I mean. They're just like the rest of the world is just after us and we're fine and everybody's fine in our world and they're just annoying. You know, all you people that think we did something with our kids are just annoying. And what if we did? Who cares? That's how that's the attitude I get from them. Tell them they better pray to God that he has mercy on them for killing the family and the kids. Yeah. How can that be normal? But you think that it's okay. Your flash went off, Christine, when you try to stay continue. That's something that would happen to me totally. Totally, totally would be like, um, could have been sent on a mission trip far away. A seven-year-old with autism, though? Well, okay, Annie, from what I'm understanding is they still think they're LDS, even though they got all these other things that all the LDS people are saying that's not LDS beliefs. But they just think they know more. <sighs> wow. That's interesting to know they're sitting there in church right now. All the major news stations are lining the streets right up to the church house waiting to get a picture of them. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I can't stay up to 2 a.m. to make another video tonight. <laughs> but, um, but, but as things break and there's still backstory i mean there's plenty more videos to make about this and it and it's only just getting started really because we still don't know where the kids are we Lori and chad are still living it up in Kauai. you know i'm sure their tans are looking pretty good right now jeffrey's from texas okay yeah all major that's kind of i'm that's really interesting that the um news stations are are actually there P- so people in Kauai are now gonna start um, what is it in Lahui or in Kapaha? Where's the church? Kapaha? So they also came back from Maui back to Kauai, and that was on February 18th, 2020. So they were only there literally for two nights, I think. East Idaho News reports. Chad and Lori Vallow Daybell are returning to the island of Kauai after arriving in Maui two days ago. So the reports are the couple boarded a plane at the Kahului Airport, which is Maui, on Tuesday around 2 p.m. Hawaii time. Several passengers and airport employees tell East Idaho News they were quiet and kept to themselves. Sources say a police officer came to the gate to verify the Daybells were on the flight after they were observed checking in. So they were definitely being watched. Goes on to say, Chad and Lori's presence was immediately known when they landed on in Maui 
two days before, on Sunday around 1.30 p.m., a woman who asked to remain anonymous sent EastIdahoNews.com photos of the couple at a car rental counter. They were seen with luggage, and Lori appeared to have a smudged black eyeliner, layers of face makeup, and bags under her eyes, the woman said. The woman says, it was a chilling experience to see her in person. I had eye contact with her after I took the photos through the window of Hertz. The woman says, I wanted to let her know I saw her and that it's not just the police and media who are watching her because there are parents like me everywhere who care about JJ and Tylee and will never stop looking. When she saw me through the glass, I pointed at her and mouthed, I see you. Where are your kids? She looked at me, raised her eyebrows, and just shrugged. A spokesperson for the Maui Police Department told MauiNow.com they are not involved in any investigations pertaining to Lori and Chad. Law enforcement in Idaho and Hawaii are aware the couple is traveling. When the Daybells arrive in Kauai, they will be greeted with at least one poster hanging on a speed limit sign that says, Where are the children? So they were putting up posters around the island of Kauai saying, Where are the children? Specifically, Calling out Chad and Lori. But lo and behold, they are back on the island of Kauai. And also, that very same day, the search warrant was served at Self Storage Plus back in Rexburg, where Lori rented a storage unit. Police removed all of the items in the unit. On February 18th, 2020, the Madison County prosecuting attorney's office does submit a criminal complaint against Lori. There's a FOIA document related to this that Justin Lum of East Idaho News was able to post, and it's the state of Idaho as the plaintiff versus Lori Noreen Vallow, a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell. They have the address as 4141 Queen Emma Drive, number three in Princeville, Hawaii. It says the Madison County Prosecuting Attorney's Office have submitted, pursuant to Idaho Criminal Rule 3, the sworn affidavit of Detective Ron Ball of the Rexford Police Department, who complains and alleges the defendant, Lori Noreen Vallow, a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell of 4141 Queen Emma Drive, blah, 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 committed the following crimes. They've been watching him. They've been following him. And now they're putting everything in play to arrest Lori. Count one, desertion and non-support of children or spouse, a felony. Idaho Code 1840, punishment up to 14 years imprisonment and or up to $500 fine. That the defendant Lori Noreen Ballow, aka Lori Noreen Daybell, on or between the 23rd day of September 2019 and the 18th day of February 2020 in the county of Madison, state of Idaho, did desert a child under the age of 18, to wit. J.J. Vallow, date of birth 5-25-2012, who was dependent upon the defendant for care, education, or support with the intent to abandon J.J. Vallow. Count two, desertion and non-support of children or spouse, a felony, again, the same thing. And then it goes on with the same dates. And it says, Tylee Ryan, this time, this count. Date of birth, 9-24-2002. And again, who was dependent upon the defendant for care, education, or support with the intent to 
abandon Tylee Ryan. And count three, resisting and or obstructing an officer. Punishment up to one year in jail and or up to a $1,000 fine. That defendant, Lori Noreen Ballow, a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell, on or about the 26th day of November 2019, in the county of Madison, state of Idaho, did willfully delay and or obstruct a public officer, to wit, Lieutenant Ron Ball of the Rexburg Police Department, in the discharge of his office by giving false information regarding the whereabouts of child J.J. Vallow, date of birth 5-25-2012, and thereby delaying the search for J.J. Vallow. So those were the official, official, where they're saying, okay, lady, now you literally are going to be charged with this stuff. Count four, solicitation, a misdemeanor, punishment up to six months in jail and or up to $500 fine. That the defendant, Lori Noreen Vallow, a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell, on or about the 26th day of November 2019, in the county of Madison, state of Idaho, with purpose of promoting or facilitating the commission of a crime, encouraged and or requested Melanie Gibb to engage in conduct which would constitute the crime of resisting and or obstructing an officer by requesting and or encouraging Melanie Gibb to give false information to law enforcement regarding the whereabouts of child J.J. Vallow, date of birth 525-2012. And count five, contempt, a misdemeanor, punishment up to six months in jail and or up to a $1,000 fine. That defendant, Lori Noreen Vallow, a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell, on or about the 30th of January 2020 in the county of Madison, state of Idaho, did willfully disobey a lawful court order in Madison County, case number CV3320045, by failing to physically produce minor children, J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, to the Rexburg Police Department and or Idaho Department of Health and Welfare within five days of service of the order, all of which is contrary to the form, force, and effort of the statute in such cases made and provided and against the peace and dignity of the state of Idaho. Said complaint therefore prays that a warrant be issued for the arrest of the said Lori Noreen Vallow a.k.a. Lori Noreen Daybell, and that she may be dealt with according to the law, dated this 18th day of February 2020. Signed by Rob H. Wood, Madison County Prosecuting Attorney. So if you remember season one, Lori Vallow was... Lori Cox, Lori Noreen Cox, the pretty blonde cheerleader, bombshell, popular girl in school, everybody loved Lori, sweet, kind, eventually Mrs. Texas pageant contestant and the Wheel of Fortune contestant has come to have felony charges against her before she's even 50 years old. How does somebody go from that to this? It still blows my mind. On February 20th, 2020, the day we were all waiting for when we were following this in real time was the arrest of Lori. Lori Vallow was arrested and taken into custody at 2.30 p.m. 
Hawaii Standard Time by the Kauai Police Department, and they held her on $5 million bond. That was pending extradition to Idaho. We begin with breaking news from Kauai, where police arrested 47-year-old Lori Vallow also known as Lori Daybell. She was taken into custody and has been charged with multiple counts linked to the disappearance of two children in Idaho. Jen Boniza has details from Hawaii Police. Jen? Justin, Gina, Vallow's two children have been missing since September. She and her husband, Chad Daybell, were spotted on Kauai in December with no sign of the two kids. Authorities say the couple did not comply with court orders to produce the children to authorities in Idaho. Lori Vallow is now in custody on Kauai under a warrant issued by Madison County, Idaho, in connection with the disappearance of her children, 17-year-old Tylee Ryan and 7-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow. The kids have been missing for more than five months. Vallow and her new husband were first spotted vacationing on Kauai without the kids in December. On January 25th, Kauai police presented Vallow with an order to produce both children to authorities in Madison County. The following day, KPD searched Vallow's rental car and the condo she was staying at in Princeville. The court deadline of January 30th to produce the kids came and went with no sign of the children. Vallow is scheduled to be in court tomorrow. We asked Kauai's prosecutor about what will likely happen at tomorrow's hearing. And she can, at that point... uh choose to be represented by counsel and either waive that extradition hearing or uh, choose to um, proceed with the extradition hearing if she wants a hearing. Been charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. She was also charged with resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court. In a statement, Kauai Police Chief Todd Raybuck said, First of all, we wish to thank the public for the massive outpouring of concern regarding this case. We also want to thank everyone for their patience while investigators worked diligently to comprehensively gather everything they needed in order to obtain this arrest warrant. If Vallow is forced to return to Idaho, she will face criminal charges there. She's being held on $5 million bail. We will follow up and let you know what happens. You can log on to KH12.com for the latest. They picked up Lori, not Chad, and they took Lori to jail in Kauai. And there was a press conference. So I will play the press conference for you. February 21st, 2020. You guys took up my space on my podium here. Good afternoon. Thank you all for your patience. Uh, I'm Chief Todd Raybuck, T-O-D-D-R-A-Y. You want to start over? Chief Todd Raybuck, R-A-Y-B-U-C-K. I'm the Chief of Police for the Quiet Police Department. Uh, before I give a brief statement and introduce the prosecuting attorney, Justin Collar, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of a heads up on how this press conference will run. Um, if you could silence your phones, that'd be fantastic. Uh, what I'll do is provide a brief statement of what we have done here at the Kauai Police Department in the last couple of days and what our role has been. And then uh, the attorney, prosecuting attorney, Justin Collar will come up and provide you some information there. Uh, what I want to explain to you all, because I know that there's a quite a bit of interest in this case and what's going on with the investigation, I want to make it clear before we start that uh, we are not the primary agencies responsible for this investigation. 
this investigation is being conducted by the Rexburg Police Department and the Madison County Prosecutor's Office, and they are the ones that are conducting this investigation. Our responsibility has only been to support those entities and to carry out what legal issues and requests that they have for us on our end. So to that end, um, all I can tell you is that please take that into consideration when we give you an opportunity to ask questions, to limit those questions to what uh, it pertains to here on Kauai and not necessarily uh, regarding the investigation and the matters involving the investigation on the mainland because we can't answer that, okay? So back in December of 2019, the Kauai Police Department was con conducted. Let me start that all over for you. Who's live? We all are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in December of 2019, the Kauai Police Department was contacted by the Rexburg Police Department requesting our assistance to see if we could locate Lori Vallow and her husband, Chad Daybell. Uh, we were able to identify that they were here on the island. Subsequently, the uh, police department, Rexburg Police Department, uh, requested our assistance in providing a order to compel Lori Vallow to produce her children in Madison County. The Kauai Police Department did in fact find and produce that order to compel. And as you all know, she subsequently failed to do so. In addition, the Kauai Police Department through the affidavit and support of the investigators in the Rexburg Police Department were requested to serve a search warrant on the residence where the Daybells were residing, as well as the vehicle that they were operating. We did enforce that search warrant and all of the information that was gleaned from that search warrant was provided to Rexburg PD. Now, obviously yesterday, uh, we received information from the Madison County jurisdiction courts through the Rexburg Police Department that a $5 million warrant was issued for Lori Vallow's arrest. That included uh, the ability for the Kauai Police Department to take Lori Vallow into custody on the following charges, according to the warrant. Two felony counts of desertion, desertion and non-support of dependent children, resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court. Lori Val was taken into custody without any incident by detectives of the Kauai Police Department. She was transported here to the Kauai Police Department headquarters and booked into our cell block where she stayed until she got uh, taken to her court appearance earlier this morning. She was taken in custody on Queen Emma Drive in Princeville, Kauai, and that was through uh, our police detectives. After the court hearing, she was transferred by the state sheriffs into the custody of the Kauai Community Correction Center, where she will remain throughout the time frame of her um, court proceedings. So what I want to reiterate is that we are all hopeful that we are able to locate the missing children, Tylee and JJ, and we appreciate the community support. We can appreciate the media's interest in this story and helping all the investigators try to locate these missing children. At this time, I'd like to introduce prosecuting attorney Justin Collar so he can provide you with this statement. Uh, my name is Justin Kohler. I'm the prosecuting attorney for the County of Kauai. Um, I'm sure all of you were across the street 
uh, for court and saw exactly what happened. So that's uh, what happened. And as Chief mentioned, we're not the lead on this case. We, um, our position has always been, we're here, call upon us, we'll assist in any way we can. And uh, the extradition proceeding concerns uh, simply the mechanics of getting Mays Vallow from here back to Idaho. The underlying substance or merits of the case involving the children will not be litigated here on Kauai. Uh, the extradition proceedings, what she can contest during these proceedings um, basically is the legality of the arrest. Um, and really that's about it. So the hearing on March 2nd will be for the purposes of identifying Lori Vallow, uh, the person here in custody as being the same person who is named on the warrant that came here from Idaho. So that is the purpose of that hearing. And uh, if that is successfully achieved, then she will be um, uh, commanded into the uh, custody of the Idaho personnel once we receive the governor's warrant and have it domesticated by our governor here in Hawaii. So that's about the extent of our involvement in the case. Um, I join in the chief's statement that uh, hopefully our involvement in this process can lead to um, some kind of just resolution to this case. And, uh, you know, of course, we are also hoping against hope that uh, Tylee and JJ are out there somewhere and will be reunited with their uh, other family members at some point. So I don't have anything else to add, Chief. I would just like to conclude before we begin with questions that I want to thank the Rexburg Police Department for the incredible amount of work and effort they put into this case. They've been working tirelessly uh, to locate Tylee and JJ. And I know that uh, in today's modern world that we expect police work to solve everything in 48 hours. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case, especially with a case with, that has this many challenges ahead of it. And so I just want to thank the Rexburg Police Department, Rexburg Police Department, uh, for all of their work and their efforts. And I also want to thank all of my detectives and personnel here at the Kauai Police Department uh, for the hard work and professionalism they have done in this case to support the investigation on the mainland. So with that, we'll open it up for a few questions. Chief, I don't think we haven't seen this news. Uh, the couple have been island hopping recently. At the time of this arrest, any indication they were planning to leave Hawaii with some models? I have no information that they, that they had any desire to leave. And can you explain why uh, Chad Daybell was not arrested, why it was just Lori Bala? So as I mentioned earlier, this investigation is being conducted in the mainland. We have no local charges or concerns that there's criminal activity that's occurred here on in Hawaii or on Kauai. And so uh, we are in response, acting in response to the legal matters and the warrants that come from the Rexburg authorities or Madison County authorities. And we have not received any order that Chad Daybell uh, is part of the investigation or at this time uh, necessarily under arrest. So until such time that they ask for our assistance, we have nothing here locally to take him to custody for. Uh, during the hearing earlier today, defense had expressed some concerns that Val was in fact questioned by Idaho PD while in Kauai police custody. Is that true? And does that violate any laws? I'm not going to comment on what our investigative assistance to the Rexburg Police Department has been. Was Chad Daybell questioned? I'm not going to comment on, on the investigation and what's been taking place. Hi, something Gina with the Guardian News. I just want to ask if Chad Daybell has been summoned by the Idaho to stay on the island, or is he free to go as he did? At this time, there's these. there are no criminal charges pending. He's able to move about as he wishes. Thank you. 
any signs of the children here in Kauai? So the last sighting that I have been aware of happened in the mainland, and there has been no sighting since that sighting here in the main, uh, on Kauai or in the state. And so at this time, we don't believe that there is any connection to the children being here. Uh, we're working on determining that, and um, that's all we can say at this point. But we will call the sufficient witnesses necessary to identify the person in custody as being the person named on the Idaho warrant. And were you satisfied that Watanabe did not lower her bail? I was uh, pleased that she certainly did not grant the defense's request. Yeah. As, as I stated uh, in court, I believe uh, the case would be appropriate for remanding without bail being set, but uh, I understand the judge has that discretion, and um, I'm not complaining about her decision. Can you talk about how long it takes for the governor, governor's warrant process to follow through? Uh, it depends on the availability of staff to process the warrant. Um, it works different in different states. It depends uh, on their process for Getting the warrant in front of the governor depends on how quickly their attorney general's office works. Uh, we've been in close contact with Madison County prosecutors throughout this process. Uh, I want to commend their efforts. They have been absolutely on top of things and thoroughly professional, and I'm confident that the governor's warrant will be secured in an expeditious fashion. Is this a matter of days or a matter of weeks? It's a matter of how quickly they can get in front of their governor, and uh, I have not uh, worked with the Idaho governor before, so I'm hoping that uh, we can get it done quickly. So unclear at this point whether you'll have it by the next hearing on March 2nd. It is unclear. Under the statute, we have 30 days with a possible 60-day extension. So we have up to 90 days to secure the governor's warrant and have that served. We do not um, hope or expect that it will take that long. Can she petition to resist the extradition process and how long might that take? Uh, pursuant to the Uniform Criminal Extradition Act, which is the, the law in Hawaii and in most states, what she can contest in this proceeding is her identification and the legality of the arrest. So those are the only two issues at stake uh, in this hearing. We'll take two more questions. Uh, in terms of, can you confirm that Heidi's phone was found during a warrant search and also whether there are any activities during that time? No. Speaking broadly, just... With your history carrying out investigations, you've been doing it for a long time. I know as part of the warrant, it was revealed that um, records show, financial records, that childcare has not been paid for since the kids have gone missing in September. JJ's medication, his autism medication, has not been filled since September. For people that are watching this all around the country and world trying to figure this out, what do those clues laid out in that warrant mean to you? That was a great attempt to get me to speak about the investigation that's occurring on the mainland, which I'm not going to do. So, Ashley, last question. Um, Chief, we're hearing that uh, Lori will be isolated in her cell for home protection. Is that true? So she's been moved to the Kauai Community Correctional Center. It's it's their responsibility to determine how she should be properly housed. And so I, I can't answer that question. Thank you very much for all of your time and attention. Appreciate you guys and your interest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the next morning after they arrested Lori, she appeared in court, February 21st, 2020. 
you very much. And the cameras will be gone. All right. Um, we're now on the state's uh, notice of intent. So um, anything more to be said other than what's been filed before? Uh, no, Mr. Hempy's been provided with copies of the notice of intent as well as the uh, warrant in the case. All right. Chad's in court. Let me address Ms. Ballo. Uh, first of all, Ms. Rallo, do you understand that a demand has been made uh, for your surrender by the state of Idaho? Yes. And uh, do you know that you have been charged uh, in the state of Idaho uh, with a number of charges, which I'm going to refer to uh, now for the record? And these include the, the following. Uh, two counts of desertion and non-support of dependent child under 18 years of age, arrests and seizures, resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court, criminal willful disobedience, uh, or court process or order. Are you aware of that? Yeah, she's aware of the charges. Okay. And uh, Ms. Vallo, I understand that you have standing next to you, Mr. Hempy and Ms. Primo, for the record, uh, you understand that you have a right to counsel. Yes. And I'm going to ask you to speak up so we can get this all recorded. Yes. Okay. And you understand that you have the right to test the legality of the warrant. Yes. And you understand that you have a right to apply for a writ of habeas corpus. Yes. And you, you do you understand what a writ of habeas corpus is? Uh, we we got that covered and she, we we do so through us she does okay so basically you understand that the purpose of the writ of habeas corpus is to test the legality of the governor's warrant and basically the legality of this extradition process and um you understand that uh, unless you are charged with an offense that's punishable by death or life imprisonment that you have the right to post a bond yes and you understand that this court cannot hold you in jail for more than 90 days after you have been identified. And uh, further, do you understand, Ms. Vallow, that, um, as I said, uh, you and your attorneys uh, have the right to test the legality of the arrest. Um, you understand basically that you have a right to uh, have an extradition hearing. Yes. And you understand that, um, you have a right to have this extradition hearing, and this is to determine whether or not you are the person, in fact, that is named in the warrant that has been uh, some, uh, requested by the state of Idaho. Yes. And at this time, I uh, let me address uh, either yourself or your attorney. Um, will uh, Ms. Vallow be uh, waiving her right to extradition? Uh, no, Your Honor. She is... Uh... Uh, exercising her right to an extradition hearing. And, and when are you uh, requesting that we have this hearing? Uh, Your Honor, I'm, I'd like to be heard on bail, and that will determine the answer. But the short answer is, if the court keeps bail as it is, we'd like it to be as Monday, as soon as possible. Uh, if the court is going to lower bail, uh, then it can go further out, such okay. that she can actually make it. And so this leads into your Which, request to lower bail? It leads to my request for bail. Your Honor, um, my understanding is this is a warrant 
from an Idaho court. It's not a governor's warrant. The application from the state says that they uh, intend to seek a governor's, governor's warrant, or they might seek a governor's warrant, I think, but uh, they don't have one yet. This was issued by Judge uh, Eddings. Right. So as such, Hawaii law governs bail, not Idaho law. And that's HRS 832-14 and 832-15. So I, I would ask to be heard as to bail because we are sitting here uh, with uh, a couple felonies and misdemeanors and a half a million dollar bail. Um, and the points I want to make, they just follow, they just track the bail statute. But the points I want to make is, first of all, uh, Lori has a residence on Kauai. Her husband lives on Kauai. She remained in Kauai since Mr. DaCosta made contact with the police in January. They've known she was here. Mr. DaCosta has been in touch with them. I have the emails. Um, police knew she was represented by counsel on Kauai since January 30th uh, of this year as well. Um, she made a trip to Maui on vacation, but she left. Uh, she informed Mr. DaCosta and he remained willing to produce her as soon as the police wanted her. He's been in contact with the police throughout this, again, offering to produce her. Um, instead, you know, she was arrested and media was calling us um, uh, all day. It seems like it was maybe a made-for-media event at taxpayer expense because, again, Mr. DaCosta offered to the police on January 30th, several police, that he would just simply turn her in. Um, she doesn't even have a passport. And, and as to the charges, as the court noted, a couple of things the court noted today that were, were, were I guess, prescient and related. First of all, there's no life in prison or death penalty in this case. So she has a right to bail. And then again, that should be set by this court under this court's bail standards. The last case, I just heard the court affirm a $1,000 bail on a misdemeanor. We've got two misdemeanors here and a couple of felonies. Um, under the Idaho statute, it appears that the maximum penalty for any of those felonies is like 13, 14 years. So they're basically like bees in Hawaii. And typically, I, you know, that would be typically more in the labor of $10,000 bail here or 20,000. And, and again, given um, her residency here, she hasn't fled. They, they didn't even need to arrest her. And Mr. DaCosta has been in touch with them the whole time. We would request that bail be reduced until the hearing uh, to a constitutional amount, an amount, in other words, that will ensure her appearance as opposed to ensuring that she can't make bail, which is the current uh, state of things. So what specific amount are you asking? I'm asking for $10,000. I think that's how the court would We typically see a bail like that in a case like this if it were here. Thank you. Mr. Kohler, your response. Judge, um, the charge, at least one of the charges that Ms. Vallow is facing in Idaho, uh, felony abandonment or non-supportive wife or children, is punishable by imprisonment of up to uh, 14 years in prison. And that makes it at least the equivalent of a Class B in Hawaii, which does qualify as a serious crime under HRS 804-3A. We are asking that Ms. Vallow be remanded without bail. She checks every single box under 804-3 um, in that any person charged with criminal offense shall be bailable 
by sufficient sureties, provided that bail may be denied were the charges for a serious crime, which this is, and one, there is a risk that the person will flee, which certainly is indicated in this case. She has already absconded from the jurisdiction where the underlying crime is alleged to have taken place. Two, there is a serious risk that the person will obstruct or attempt to obstruct justice. Indeed, one of the charges she's facing in Idaho is precisely that she has interfered with an investigation. Three, there is a serious risk that the person poses a danger to any person or the community. Um, certainly, uh, the charges she's facing um, indicate that risk. And there is uh, a serious risk that the person will engage in illegal activity. Uh, Your Honor, she has no ties to this island other than a, a rented condominium in Princeville. Um, she has apparently resources uh, to travel and uh, leave. And Your Honor, the state submits that if ever there was a case suitable, you know our office does not request this on a regular basis, that a person be denied bail. This is the case that's appropriate for that. As far as the identification hearing goes, uh, for us to get the necessary documents from Idaho, as well as Honolulu, and uh, arrange that for the necessary witnesses, we're asking for an ID hearing to be set in the second week of March, uh, if that's what we're going to do. Your Honor has up to 30 days, uh, but to get the necessary people here from off-island, because everything does need to come from off-island, that is going to take some time and coordination. So we're asking for a date after March 5th on that. Mr. Kohler, a, a couple of things. Um, let's begin with um, a statement made by Mr. Hempy a few minutes ago. Are you in agreement with his categorization that this is not a governor's warrant? No, the governor's warrant has not been obtained yet. The governor's warrant is obtained after the person has been brought in and demanded, uh, exercised their right to demand the governor's warrant. The Madison County prosecutors, per my discussions with them, which have been ongoing, they are prepared to immediately seek their governor's warrant and have it domesticated in the state of Hawaii. Okay, very good. Uh, now, um, Mr. Kohler, the, the, I guess the most important question I have is, why would it take uh, three weeks to, to get the, um, the witnesses or other means of identification so that we can go forward with the hearing? Because we need to get um, fingerprints from Idaho sent here. They need to be compared in Honolulu with um, Hawaii fingerprints that are on file from Ms. Vallow. They need to be, the results of that analysis need to be checked by another analyst in Honolulu. And then we need to bring the witnesses over here. Uh, and particularly if your honor is inclined to apply uh, we note that the rules of evidence do not apply to identification hearings, but if we are going to have to comply with those rules, then we need to make sure we actually bring the live witnesses here, and that requires coordination with a number of individuals who we have been working on that and advised them as soon as we learned this morning that Ms. Vallow intended to con contest her extradition, we began making those arrangements. But we don't want to get in a situation where we're, we commence next week and then we have to continue because somebody was unavailable, Judge. We want to be able to get it all done at once. And we think we think that's reasonable in light of the circumstances. Mr. Hempe, your response? Um, Your Honor, I, didn't, I don't think I heard anything that goes that takes three weeks. And we're concerned with her in custody, by the way, for another reason. Yesterday when she was arrested uh, and we, my office was calling cell block, Mr. DaCosta was calling cell block, and they told him he, she's not here. And basically, she was MIA for hours. And we learned since that the Idaho police were questioning her while the Kauai, at the, with the Kauai police, while they knew she was represented by counsel. Um, um, it's just another reason to get this done faster. I mean, fingerprints and fingerprint comparisons don't take very long. 
um, and and getting people over here shouldn't take three weeks. Um, and 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 just in response to the arguments, she is presumed innocent, and I don't think the state has checked the box of danger to the community. They've, they're alleging simultaneously that she's not with the child, the children, but that she's a harm to them, and there's certainly no allegation that she's a harm to the community on Kauai. Um, so that's my response. All right. Uh, anything further? You decide. Unless your honor has particular questions. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. All right. Then, uh, first of all, as to bail, uh, bail is confirmed in the amount of $5 million. As to the hearing, we will set the hearing. Uh, let me just confirm that. Um, We're going to set it for Monday, March 2nd, 2020. It'll be on the nine o'clock calendar following our regular um, criminal calendar. Maybe heard briefly. Yes. Um, I know that Mr. Hempy represented that Ms. Vallow does not have a passport, but could we make it um, a condition that if she does manage to post bail, that if she has one, and we will independently investigate that, if she does have one, that it be a condition of the bail that she turned that in. Okay, you want that uh, surrendered to your office? Uh, to the Kauai Police Department. Okay, and any response to that? She doesn't have a passport. So. Okay, all right, then let me just uh, make it clear on the record, Ms. Vallow, uh, should you bail out, uh, you are to surrender immediately upon bailing out uh, any passports that you may have, and that goes over to the Kauai Police Department for safekeeping. Okay, all right, anything further? Thank you. No, Your Honor. Okay, thank you, now, with that, court is adjourned. So bail was denied. Lori gave her lawyer a kind of sideways glance. She closed her eyes for a second when she heard it was denied, just like a flutter of her eyelid. And she doesn't look very happy. But, you know, when Lori doesn't get her way, she doesn't ever look very happy. And now a Fox 13 news clip on how the family reacts to Lori Vallow's arrest. Tonight, police are providing more information about the arrest of Lori Vallow Daybell on the island of Kauai. In a news conference tonight, they say there is no evidence her children, J.J. Vallow or Tylee Ryan, have been in Hawaii with their mother. The last sighting that I have been aware of happened in the mainland, and there has been no sighting since that sighting here in the main, uh, on Kauai or in the state. And so at this time, we don't believe that there is any connection to the children being here. The last known sightings of J.J. and Tylee are a big part of newly released court documents. Tonight, family members are reacting to that information and seeing Lori in court for the first time. Fox 13's Lauren Steinbrecher spoke to Tylee's aunt. Lauren, what is she saying? Yeah, Kelly, so Tylee's aunt knows the last time Tylee was heard from two weeks before J.J. was missing, and this is the first time we're hearing about that. As people across the world tune in to watch Lori Vallow Daybell show her face in court, so did the people who used to call her family. 
I was really disgusted to to watch her. I mean, you just see defiance. And Annie Cushing sees Lori still isn't telling police where the kids are. Lori's daughter and Annie's niece, 17-year-old Tylee Ryan, and Lori's adopted son, 7-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow, missing out of Rexburg, Idaho, since September. Kauai police swooped in Thursday and arrested Lori on a $5 million warrant where she and her new husband, Chad Daybell, have been staying in Princeville. Lori was arrested and the timeline just accelerated. Accelerated because the charging documents revealed a whole list of new details about the kids, including the day Tylee was last seen. No one has been able to say when Tylee was last seen. According to police, Lori, her brother Alex Cox, and Tylee took a day trip to Yellowstone National Park on September 8th. Document State Rexburg PD obtained a photograph of Tylee at the park entrance through the National Park Service and also got a photo from Lori's iCloud showing Tylee in the park. She hasn't been seen since, which brings up a lot of questions for Annie. Why was she with Alex and Lori in an expansive national park? And, you know, for JJ, the document state Lori hired a babysitter for JJ September 18th, saying the employment was to be ongoing. But the babysitter reported that Lori told her September 24th, the day after JJ was last seen, that JJ is with grandma and the babysitter's services were no longer needed. Even with Lori in jail now and appearing in court, the question remains, where are J.J. and Tylee? Now, there are some other details, such as a search warrant being served in Hawaii and J.J. and Tylee's birth certificates being found with Lori and Chad, as well as J.J.'s iPad. Tylee's bank card that police say was still open and still being used, even though Tylee had not been heard from in months. Live in studio, Lauren Steinbrecher, Fox 13 News, Utah. Lauren, thank you. During her court appearance this afternoon, Lori Vallow's attorney tried to reduce her bail from $5 million to $10,000, but the judge refused. Lori is due back in court on March 2nd to continue extradition proceedings. She won't answer to any of the criminal charges until she is back in Idaho. Lori's husband, Chad, sat in court during her hearing today. We're also learning more about what the pair told police when J.J. and Tylee were first reported missing. Fox 13's Adam Herbetz has more from newly released court documents. Well, Bob Kelly, Chad Daybell very well could be the next one to face a judge, not from the gallery, but on the other side, in custody. Police say the reason he and Lori have been able to live such an expensive lifestyle in Hawaii is because of his deceased wife's life insurance policy. Chad received almost a half million dollars from Tammy Daybell's suspicious death last October. She was 49 years old. She was happy. She was healthy. And Chad says she died in her sleep. You might remember Lori also expected to receive a life insurance payout after her brother shot and killed her husband, Charles. But she found out he had made his sister the sole beneficiary on that policy because he feared for his life. And in a third case tied to Chad and Lori's religious group, another man with a life insurance policy says Lori's niece tried to kill him. All I could think was someone shooting at me. What do I need to do? I need to hit the gas and get out of here. Police say when they questioned Chad Daybell in November, 21 days after his marriage to Lori, he acted like he barely knew her and did not have her phone number. Chad's parents say their son told them Lori was an empty nester, that she did not have any minor children. 
One of the charges against Lori states both she and Chad tried to get their friend to lie about the kid's location, a woman named Melanie Gibb who lives in Arizona. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because she was their co-host on the Preparing a People podcast. To my right, I have Lori. Say hello, Lori. Hello, people. (laughs) This is exciting because it's just the girls today. The guys are uh, busy. (laughs) Our sources close to the family say Melanie Gibb has a lawyer and is cooperating with the investigation. She says she refused to lie for Chad and Lori, despite both of them making separate phone calls asking her to lie about the kid's location. Reporting in studio tonight, Adam Herbetz, Fox 13 News, Utah. So that concludes this episode of Afterglow Unveiling the Idaho Cult. I will be back as soon as possible with the next episode. Lori Vallow is still on trial, but you have a lot more to learn about this story. So even after she gets sentenced, hopefully, I have a lot of hope and faith in that. Even after that, we can keep going because she's going to face charges in Arizona. We still have Chad to go to trial, and we haven't even gotten there yet. We are only up to Lori getting arrested. We still have to find the bodies of the little ones and so much more. So thank you for listening to Afterglow, Unveiling the Idaho Cult, Season 2, Episode 15, Lori Gets Arrested. If you are so inclined, there are links to donate to my show in the show notes below. This is a one-woman show, like I've said many times before. And for all of you that have donated, thank you so much. And everyone, no donation is too small. Sources for this episode are noted in the show notes below. Stay safe, stay well, and I will be back soon. Bye-bye. Theme music from Dan Lebowitz.